was sharing in the first service, and I'm just going to um, continue on in the same vein here, but I was just sharing in the first service how that as believers, we have a race before us to run. You know, we are to run the race that is set before us, the Bible says. And you know what, there's been others who have run before us, and you know what, now it's our turn. We have the opportunity to run the race that God has, has for our life. And you know what, I have my mind made up that I'm going to run the race that God has for me. And you know what, you have to make that decision. You know what, God has given us the ability to make decisions. And you can make decisions that it's like setting the rudder off a boat in the direction that you are going. And that you have your decision made that, God, I'm going to serve you all the days of my life. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. I always say to my family, I say, we're juries, and juries serve Jesus. You know, some people do other things, but we're juries, and that's what we do. We serve Jesus. And I'll tell you, that's, that's my heart desire. But you know what? You need God to run the race that God has for you. And now, let me, let me just say this again. When I talk about running the race, I'm not talking about that you have to run some race to get to heaven. No, you need Jesus to get to heaven. When you make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, that's, that's settled. The Bible makes it so easy. It says if you have the Son, you have life. If you don't have the Son, you don't have life. And the good news is, is the Son, Jesus, He came and He died for everyone. And the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I'm so thankful that in 1993, I got down at the side of my bed and made Jesus the Lord and Savior of my life. I got down a sinner and got up the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I got down there, lost, I got up found, praise God, because I received Jesus as the Lord and Savior of my life. That secured me for eternity. But... And when you got saved, that secured you for eternity as well. But God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. And that is the race that you are to run. And you will not do it in your own strength. It's impossible. You cannot run the race that God has for us in our own strength. We need Him. But you can make the decision that, God, I'm running the race. And then you're going to have to lean on Him. I always say it like this. When you run the race, it's like you run like this. I know it's a weird way to run. But you run leaning on Him. And in Him you're going to be able to run the race that God has for your life. And there's only one place you look. And that is unto Jesus. Because in Jesus is everything you need to get you across the finish line. All the grace you need is in Jesus. You know, all the encouragement you need is in Jesus. Let me tell you, all the strength you need is in Jesus. Everything you need is in Him. If you look anywhere else, you'll miss it. But if you keep your eyes on him, and you know, racehorses, one of the things they do with racehorses, if a racehorse is easily distracted, what they do is they put blinkers on a racehorse and it narrows their sight. And if you're going to do what God has for your life, you have to narrow your sight. It doesn't mean to say that you, don't, you aren't aware of what's happening in life. You aren't aware of what's happening in the world. You are, but you're, it's not in your focus. What's in your focus is Jesus. And as long as you look unto Jesus, you will run the race that God has for you. It's like being on a, you know one of them, they're um, the, on the ground escalator things. I don't know what you call them, if there's a different name for them. But you know what, when you're in the airport and... You know, maybe the guys today, when they go to the airport, they'll be on them. I always love doing it where it looks like you're running really fast. <laughs> but, um, you know, when you're on them, it's carrying you along. 
And I'm telling you, that's what it's like when you look onto Jesus. You're, you, you know, other people can be struggling around you, but as long as you look onto Jesus, it doesn't mean to say you don't face life, but everything you need for life is in Him. And He is your strength pulling you forward. And to do what God's called you to do in life, you can't do it in your own strength is the point that I'm making. You have to run the race that God has for you. And one of the things that you need is oxygen, okay? If you're going to run, you need oxygen. We all know that any of us that have ever ran. You need oxygen or after a while you're like... (gasps) And I tell you, if you don't have oxygen, you know what? Whenever you're running, you'll quit. You'll quit. If I was to try and run a marathon today, I'd be dead before I'd finish. Okay? That's just the reality of it. And I tell you, if you try to run the race that God has for you without Jesus, without the oxygen of God's Word, you'll be dead before you finish. And we only get so much time. So we want to make our years count. So I want to do what God's called me to do. I don't want to be my whole Christian walk like, (gasps) I don't want my Christian walk to be like that. It only is like that when you do it in your own strength. The Christian walk is not hard to live. It is impossible to live in your strength. Amen? But I'm telling you, when you do it in His strength, oh boy, it's... Even when you face challenges, there's so much joy. Even when you face pressure, there's so much joy. Not because the pressure's good, not because circumstances are good, because He's good. And He supplies you. That's what God's grace is. God's grace is His enablement on your life. To where He's given you something that you do not have. He's enabling you. He's empowering you. That's the grace of God. It's not in your own ability. It's in His ability. And there's nothing like running in his strength. That's why even if you're weak, let the weak say, I am strong. Why? Because in yourself you can't do it. But in Christ you can. Amen. And so you have to live out of your identity of who you are in Christ Jesus. But you know what? The race that God has for us, you need oxygen for it. And the oxygen for the race that God has for our lives is God's Word. In 2 Timothy in chapter 3 and verse 16, it says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Do you know that word inspiration of God? Do you know what that means? It means God breathed. In every word of the Bible is God's breath. And that's why you cannot run the race that God has for you without the Word of God. You know, a believer needs the Word. Sometimes, sometimes Christians, they can stay out of the Word for a long period of time. But you know what? I, have, I, I can't do without the Word of God. Why? Because I need it. And you need it as well. And when you are in the Word of God, it's like God, so to speak, breathing into you. Because that's what's in those words. If you get a picture of the Word of God, and in it is like capsules of air. When you... When you get into the Word of God, what's happening is God is breathing in you. And what happens is you end up being revived. Now, I've got two kids, okay? And my kids are, um, one's turning 17 um, this year. One's turning um, uh, 14 this year. And you know what? When they were very young, not well, a few years ago for, for laxes, we always would have got bouncy castles at the house every birthday. And then sometimes in the summer we'd get a bouncy castle as well. But you know what? The bouncy castle, it comes flat, and then you stick in the machine, you hit it on, and it starts pumping air in. And what happens is, we all know it just go, it goes up. 
And then when they come to, to collect it, you know what they do? They, they turn it off. And all the air starts going down. And you see it going down like this. And then do you know what they do? They walk over it. And they roll it. And they stick it into the back of a van. Do you know what? That's many times like Christians. Many times Christians are like that. They're doing great. They're up. Doing great, full of life. And then something happens in life. And it's like the switch was turned off and all the air starts leaving. Do you know why you come to church? Because you get God's breath in church. You get God speak to you in church. And when you get God minister to you, you may have had a, a, a week where it was tough or whatever. And you know what? A wee bit of air went out. Thank God you can come to church and get pumped back up. Amen. I don't mean cycle pumped back up. I just mean the word of God being ministered to you. To where the word of God puts breath back into you. You know, every parent needs something essential, and that is a pump, okay? Why? Because you're going to need it for the tires. You're going to need it for a football. You're going to need it for everything. You know, I saw that here, Daddy, the ball's down again. Why these modern balls? You kick it once, and all the air goes out, and then you're back out there pumping, and you spend a lot of your time as a parent in the summer and whatever. You're pumping up tires. You're pumping up whatever, a pool. You're, you're pumping... Do you know what? As a believer, you need to allow God's oxygen into you. Because life, sometimes it's like driving that bike and you hit the curb and a wee bit went out. And then what do you do? You need to get the oxygen of God's Word in you. That's why you need the Word of God every day. Because the Word of God is living. It's alive. Amen. And you know what? It's amazing you allow the Word in you and what happens is you're revived. Or you get answers. Or if you're discouraged, the Word will encourage you again. Praise God. If you don't feel loved, you know what? The Word will remind you of God's love for you. And you know what? And, and you know, you're, you, you're just understanding. And God, you love me. Praise God. You know what? That person may have hurt me, but Lord, you love me. And what is it doing? It's encouraging you. The Word of God is essential to our lives. And another thing, I've worked out why all preachers who are worth their salt, okay? <laughs> all preachers are long-winded. That's why, because they're always pumping people up. Amen. You have to pump this one up. That one needs encouraged. That one there needs encouraged. Praise God. And so what we're doing is when we minister is you're, you're putting the air of God's word back into people. Amen. Now, you need oxygen to run the race that God has for your life. But here's the thing about our race. Our race is different than just any other race. Because in our race, you have to be able to run and fight at the same time. Yeah? That's what the Bible teaches us. It's not just running, it's fighting. I don't mean fighting with people. And neither do I mean fighting the devil. Because the many you know the devil's defeated. Yeah? The devil's defeated. Jesus defeated Satan for us. Praise God. You know, it's like um, in the story of um, David and Goliath. Um, David, his name means beloved, okay? And when David stepped on the battlefield, the victory for all of Israel that day was in David. And when David won that battle, what happened was then the children of Israel, then they chased after Goliath, or not after Goliath, David took out Goliath. The children of Israel chased after the Philistines. What happened was their victory was in David. And then they enforced that victory. It's the same for us. Our victory is in Jesus. See, he's the beloved son. Praise God. 
And Jesus took out Goliath for you and for me. Jesus took out hell. Jesus defeated hell, sin, and the grave for you and for me. And when we make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior for life, we become more than conquerors. Praise God. And we don't fight for a victory. We fight from one. Amen. And we enforce Jesus' victory. So we need to learn how to fight as believers. And as a believer, you not alone do you run the race that God has for you, but you fight. What do you fight? Well, we fight discouragement. We fight thoughts. Most of your battles are in between your ears. Most people are defeated up here. Nobody loves me. Who cares about me? You'll never make it. Do you remember what you did? Remember what you did last summer? Yeah? This is where people win or lose. In between their ears. Do you know most of our, our fighting is to do with thoughts? Yeah? How many people are crushed by their thinking? Their own thinking? That's why the Bible tells us to renew our mind. And what are you renewing your mind with? The Word of God. When you get that Word of God in its oxygen, praise the Lord. Amen. It, 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 it's like breathing. You're revived. You know, if somebody's short of breath, you know, when they take them into hospital, you know, they hook them up, they put oxygen on them. Why to revive them? And I'm telling you, when you get into the Word of God, it revives you. But what is it doing? It's also equipping you so that then you know how to deal with thoughts. Praise God. And the Bible tells us to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. When you have thinking that is opposite to what God's Word says, you're meant to take those thoughts captive. If you don't take them captive, they'll take you captive. And that's why many times people are a prisoner of their own thoughts. They're a prisoner because of past experiences and all of those kind of things. Somebody hurt me in life or something like that. Look, I've found this out. There's people can hurt you, but there's no one who will love you more than Jesus. You can be hurt by people in life, but I'm telling you, there is no one who will love you more than Jesus. And His love for you is more powerful. It will overwhelm all the hurt. I've determined to focus on Jesus' love for me. Because I'm telling you, He loves me and He loves you. I value His love for me. Praise God. Let me tell you, he loves you more than you'll love yourself. He loves you more than anyone will ever love you. Praise the Lord for his love. Amen. You see, the more you know his love for you, the more freedom comes in your life, the more fear leaves your life, the more accusations. See, you can't stop what people say, but you can choose what you latch on to. You can say, no, I don't latch on to that. I latch on to his love. Praise God, He loves me. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm a child of God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm favored of God. Praise God, amen. I'm His. I'm sealed with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm more than a conqueror. Greater is He that's in me than He that's in the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Amen. You start focusing on those things. By His stripes, I am healed. Amen. Thank God I have the comforter living in me. He can comfort me in any situation. His comfort is great. I have the grace of God. Praise God, it's abounding towards me every single day. Amen. Say, He loves you. Praise God. Amen. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. He loves you. You've been struggling with that, but I'm telling you, He loves you. He loves you. You can listen to the lies of the enemy, or you can listen to the truth of your Father. 
and not a thought game. Praise God. Now, as believers, we need to learn how to run and fight at the same time. I, I always say that the, the race that God has for us is more like gladiators. Do you remember gladiators used to be on years ago on TV? On a Saturday night, John Fashionu and all of them guys. And used to do used to see them, used to do all of these courses and obstacles and different things. But not alone were they running and doing things, but then they had the gladiators who would be trying to stop them from getting to the finish or completing the task. And that's what it's like when we run. We do have an enemy. He's out to try and stop us, but he's a defeated enemy, okay? And he shoots things at you and all of those kind of things. And when you run, you have to be able to run and fight at the same time. Let me tell you, when you run, you're not running, you know what, um, like just in a pair of shorts or something like that. When you run the race that God has for your life, you're running in the armor of God. And so when you run, it's, it's like your accusations come against you and you put that up. God loves me. Praise God. And you just keep going. Amen. Somebody, somebody says something to you at work and you know what? And you say, I forgive you in Jesus' name. And you just keep running on. You have to learn how to do that as a believer. If you're going to do what God's called you to do, you have to be able to run and fight at the same time. Amen. It's a Bible principle. Now, here's a couple of verses that go along with this. Like Paul said, he says, I have fought a good fight. Okay, that's fighting. That's a soldier. And then he says, I have finished my course. That's an athlete. You have to be able to run and fight at the same time. Um, over in um, 1 Timothy 6 and verse 12, Paul says, uh, fight the good fight of faith. You see, that's fighting. Amen. And we have to do it. That really, that is our only fight. Is to fight to stay in the place of Faith and trust in what God says as we keep moving forward. Amen. First Corinthians 9 and verse 26. Paul said this in talking about running the race that God had for him. Paul said, I therefore so run. Do you know what? Paul said, I'm running the race. But then he said, so fight I. And so when Paul's talking about I run and I fight. Actually, in some of the translations, it brings it out like as a shadow boxer. Paul says, I'm not a shadow boxer. You know what? I'm not just swinging like I'm in the 12th round with no oxygen. I'm not like that. He's saying, I'm running the race. I'm alert. I have my eyes on Jesus. You know what? I, I'm, I'm focused. I'm not like shadow boxing. I'm not swinging and missing. You know what? When doubt comes, I punch it right out of there. I have a spirit of faith about me. No, God's word says this. And he whacks that right out. When offense comes, I whack that right out. When strife comes, I whack that out right out. And what's he saying? He's saying, I'm able to keep running the race. Let me tell you, if you don't know how to run and fight, someone will hit you and it'll injure you. And I'll tell you, I don't want to see anybody in this room ever be hurting and offended to the point where they can't get up and keep going on. Because I've seen so many Christians over the years. You know, I've been doing this long enough. Ministering long enough. And I've seen so many good people who were doing great in God. And they stopped allowing the breath of God's word in them. They, they got complacent with the word of God. And what happened was they got discouraged. And their guard was down and they had no armor on. And then somebody hurt them. And you know what? That hurt 
offended them so much that they left, not left as in they're not saved, but just got out of the race, went and set up in the stand. You know what happens when you're in the stand? You become like me whenever I'm watching football and different things. You become critical. Look, I support Manchester United. Pray for me. Two weeks ago, I was on top of the world. We're signing this. Oh, yeah, let's go, let's go. Yesterday, I'm like, let's break the remote control. You know what I mean? And then I have to listen to my son beside me yesterday. I mean, he was screaming at that TV yesterday. I need earphones whenever I watch football. But you know what happens? I sit in front of the TV and I become a critic. I'm not even on the pitch. I couldn't kick a ball. But you know what? But I'm telling these professionals how to play and where to be positioned. That's what happens many times with Christians. They become hurt and offended to the point, instead of being in the race, they're, on the, they're in the grandstand criticizing everybody else running. Let me tell you, if you're going to run the race, there's going to be a lot of people hackle you from the crowd. But you have to keep your eyes on Jesus. And if you're going to run the race that God has for you, you can't, you can't focus. You have to reach everybody. We're to love everybody. But you can't focus on people and determine your race based on people in the crowd. You're going to have to keep running your race whether people love you or not. Amen? Because you know that the one you're looking to loves you more than everybody. Amen? You, you have to, to run your race. And even when people criticize you and bring up your past and say things about you and all of those kind of things, your failures and all of those kind of things, you have to know the one who bought you and loves you. Amen. And has put a purpose and a destiny in you. And you're going to run your race. It's not determined on others. It's you're looking onto Jesus. And if you're going to do what God's called you to do, you're going to have to be like, like in, the, in the film. Um, what do you call those? There are films there are... Um, um, oh, it's left me and me a superhero fanatic. Um, Avengers, you're going to have to be like a real life Avenger to where you are. You've just got a mission that has been given to you and nothing is going to stop you. And there's things coming at you, but you're running, you have the shield up. Oh, and then the next thing you're banging that out of there. And that's the way you need to be. You need to be like that. Praise God, we're the real life superheroes in life. We're running the race that God has for our life. You have to be like um, Nehemiah. Whenever he had all of those criticize him while he was building the walls, you have to be able to like have a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other hand to where you're not going to stop going forward. You're going to fight everything off that would stop you and hinder you from being all God's called you to be and finishing the race. You have to become a, 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 a skilled swordsman and the word of God is your sword and you have to be skillful with it. Praise God. You'll not know it unless you allow it in. You have to be, how are you going to say, you know, it is written if you don't know what's written. You have to be in it. You have to be skillful with it. Praise God. And I'm telling you, the Word of God is key to us doing what God's called us to do. You see, when you have God's Word in you, what it does, it revives you. Amen. It revives you to the point that you are doing it in His strength to where you could say, I could run through a troop and jump over a wall. Look at that. A troop is an enemy. A troop is, a, is an army. But I'm telling you, you are running as well. You could run through a troop and jump over a wall. Let me tell you, we need to be like that as believers. And you will not be like that in your strength. You will only be like that in His strength. You know what? I could preach an easy message today. 
But I want to preach a message because I believe there's a bunch of people in here who want to finish the race that God has for them. And I promise you, you will not finish the race that God has for you unless you allow the Word of God in you. Amen? You won't. It's impossible. Because God's Word is your oxygen. I don't want to see people in this room ever up in the, stand, the grandstand crippled where they once ran and now they're criticized. Praise God, we're not going to be that bunch. Amen? We're going to be people who's going to be full of Him. See, when you're full of Him, you can deal with others in love. Praise God, the person beside you at work is not your enemy. They're your mission field. Praise God. The person in church that rubs you up the wrong way, they're your brother or sister in Christ. And let me tell you, we all have different personalities and we can clash. Look, I preach. Sometimes people think when they get me out of the pulpit, I'm going to be like this out of the pulpit. I'm like this when I'm under the anointing of God. It's a gift in me. My daughter said to me the other week, she says, Dad, you turn into a different man when you get in the pulpit. Why? Because that's my gift. Out of the pulpit, I can be shy. Out of the pulpit, you might have to try and pull a conversation out of me. Because that's my personality. It's not that I'm ignorant. I'm more awkward than anything else. And I know that better than anyone. That's just me. We all have different personalities. There's people, their personality can rub me up the wrong way. Somebody else's personality could rub you up the wrong way. But that's family. And you know what? When you're in Christ and you're looking on to Jesus, there's enough love in Jesus to allow you to love people who rub you up the wrong way and allow you to keep running the race that God has for your life. I have determined that no one is going to stop me from doing what God's called me to do. Let me tell you, I've, I've been hurt, I've been punched, I've been, you know what I mean? I've had the wind knocked out of me. I've had to lie on my face before God. For his strength to strengthen me. I know what it's like to get hurt. I know what it's like to feel like not going on. I know what that is like. But I also know what it's like to have him pick you up. I also know what it's like to have him breathe in you. Amen. Praise God. Breathe his love in you. Breathe his life in you. There's nothing like it. When you experience him. It doesn't matter what anybody does to you. It doesn't matter what anybody says to you. I'm living proof that he is bigger than it all. Amen. I'm living proof that he is greater than it all. I'm telling you, there's no one like Jesus. I don't care who's hurt you in your life or ever hindered you. I don't care what your past was. I don't care what you have experienced in life. It's not until you taste that the Lord is good that you realize how much is in him. There's hurt sometimes in life. There's hurt in people. But I'm telling you, he is so full. Jesus came full of grace and truth. Amen. He was able to minister to a woman at a well who was hurting. But there was so much in him of grace that it overshadowed all of her past. Amen. The same with anyone who came to Jesus. I'm telling you, he was greater than it all. And I tell you, when you know him and you've experienced him, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I tell you, there's nothing like him. There's nothing like him. And what it does is it breathes air into you. It breathes oxygen into you. It's the life of his word. Let me tell you, when I got saved, I have his life in my spirit. But when I get into his word, it's like his oxygen revives everything in me and keeps me full of life. 
to go forward and do what he has called me to do. And I'm telling you, there's some of you in here this morning and you need that. You need that in your life. I'm telling you, you need it. You need to know how. You need to know personally from the word. Not because I tell you. Not because Daryl tells you. You need to know because Jesus spoke to you through the word. How much he loves you. His plan, his destiny, his purpose for your life. Amen. Don't let anything stop you from doing what God has called you to do. Amen. I'm telling you, there's nothing can stop you when you run your race with Jesus. Nothing can. Amen. Praise God. Oh, God is good. Amen. You know, there's a young man called David. And David's dad told him to run and go to his brothers. And you know what? David ran. But if you read the story of David and Goliath, David just didn't run. He had his shepherd's tools with him whenever he ran. He ran with his shepherd's tools because that young boy... He didn't look like a warrior, but he had a fight in him. Do you know why? Because he walked with God. He was a worshiper. He spent time with God. He knew the Lord is my shepherd. Amen. He knew his covenant. He knew that it was God with him every day. He was an awesome young man, David. He knew how to fight. He knew how to take out lions and take out bears, but he didn't look like a fighter. But you know, when his dad told him to run, he didn't run empty-handed. He took his weapons with him, and he ran down to the battle. And then when he got to the battle, the Bible tells us he ran up the mountain to his brothers who were up the mountain. And when he got up there, then he heard about Goliath, and he heard Goliath's challenge. Goliath defy the armies of Israel. And he said, I'll take him out. And that word got to Saul. And then Saul sent David out onto the battlefield after Saul, first of all, telling him that you can't do it. And you will have many people in life tell you that you can't. His brothers told him that he couldn't. Your friends may tell you that you can't. But if God says you can, you can. Amen. And you know what? The king told him that he couldn't. But he went out onto that battlefield. And the Bible says that Goliath, he stood up. And David hastened. And he ran at him. Praise God. I tell you, don't ever stop running just because a giant stands up in your life. Don't ever stop running just because something speaks negative to you. Don't ever stop running just because something unexpected comes into your life. David looked at it. You popped your head up now and now I've got a better aim. Amen. It was like a sniper's dream. And you know the Bible says that David, he ran at Goliath. And I love to see this. I always think about it in slow motion. Because David was a skillful man with weapons as a shepherd. And he ran, and the Bible says as he's running, he slips his hand into the shepherd's bag and he takes out a stone. While he's running, slips it in to the sling, and while he's running, I'm telling you, he lets that rip and it hits Goliath right between the eyes. Why? Because David knew how to run and fight at the exact same time. Do you know what? If you're going to do what God's called you to do, you have to be able to fight off discouragement. You have to be able to speak to your giant. You have to be able to keep loving people and keep your eyes on what you call a God is upon your life. Amen. You know, there's another guy as well. Praise God. Amen. Praise God, it's my birthday today. It's my birthday and I'll preach if I want to. Amen. I'm closing here. This is the last thing this morning. Praise God. 
And do you know what? I couldn't think of anything better to be doing on my birthday than to be preaching. Amen. Woke up this morning, and I just love it. I love ministering. I love talking about Jesus. Praise God. But you know what? There's a, a young man called Caleb in the Bible. He was a young man. By the time it gets to this part of the story, he's an old man. He's 85 years of age. And do you remember whenever the children of Israel went in to spy out the land and all of the doubters said that they couldn't possess the land? And you know what? You'll have people in your life many times who will put doubt on the call of God upon your life and all of those kind of things. But you have to hold on to what God says. And the Bible tells us that Caleb, he had to walk around in the wilderness for 40 years with all of those doubters until they all died. You think about that. 40 years walking. Sometimes when you're in the race that God has for your life, sometimes it can feel like you're at a walking pace. And that is a major challenge for people. Sometimes people, it can start off really fast and then it feels like, God, I'm in the same place for a long time. Do you know what you do when you're in the same place for a long time? You'll be faithful. Just be faithful. Never leave your place. Just be there. You think about Caleb. 40 years walking around. All of them doubters, they walked differently. They all walked until they died off. Caleb walked saying, one of these days we're going to enter in there and I'm going to take that land. Praise God that God has given to us. Amen. And one of the days they went round and round about and God said, put the indicator off and go to the promised land. And I'm telling you, that man, he headed to the promised land. And the Bible says it took four, they were in the wilderness for 40 years. Caleb was 40 when they went to spy out the land. 80 years of age when they went to take the land, okay? And then about five years in, in battling in the land. And Caleb came to the place where was his inheritance, the mountain where all the giants were. And Caleb turned around to Joshua and he said, Joshua, do you remember 45 years ago what was promised to us through Moses? He said, do you remember? Do you know what he had been living on for 45 years? Do you know what he had been breathing for 45 years? Do you know what he had, so to speak, been sucking on for the last 45 years? The promise that God gave to him for 45 years. Never let go of the promise that God gives you. Amen? Never let go of it. And he said, give me that land. He says, because God has kept me alive all of those years. And he says, and I am as strong today as I was 45 years ago. You will not be able to say I'm as strong today as I was whatever amount of years ago unless you are living from the breath of God's word. Amen. It's God's word that strengthens us. Praise God. Those that wait upon the Lord. Amen. They'll renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. Look at that. They'll run like David and not grow weary. But you may be in a place where you feel like you're like Caleb walking, but you'll walk and not give up. You'll walk and you will not quit. Whether you're running or walking today, keep, keep going forward. Amen. Do not let anything stop you from doing what God has called you to do in life. Amen. The only way to do that is look on to the 
finisher of all finishers. And his name is Jesus. Amen. That's the only way you can finish. Praise God. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Lord, we love you this morning. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for each person in this room, Lord. Praise God. Lord, I love you. Thank you for ministering to each person. Thank you, anyone who's discouraged this morning, Lord. I thank you that they are encouraged by your word this morning. Praise God. Some of you may feel like that bouncy castle that's been stuck in the back of a van. But I'm telling you, today God is folding you back up, back out, and blowing life back into you today. You have his life in your spirit, but he's reviving you today. Praise God. Thank you for reviving people. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Praise God. You know what? As a, as a worship team prays this morning, I'll tell you, if you, haven't, if you haven't entered into worship in a while, I'm telling you, now's your point. Praise God to lift your hands and worship him. Just lift your hands before him this morning. Honor him this morning. He deserves your praise. Praise God. Look to him this morning. Amen. Praise God. Thank God for such a, a wonderful worship team in this house that leads in praise and worship for each one of these guys who lead in praise and worship. Praise God. Don't miss your opportunity today to worship God.